Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome to the show. Thanks for listening. We have a great guest lineup today. We're going to get right to it, but I do want to remind you that we have interviewed over 500 advisors, authors, and thought leaders on over 30 topics, and you can find and listen to any of them at any time on ExitCoachRadio.com. My first guest today is Steve Van Valen. He's a culturality. He, he comes from a company called Culturology. Let me get that straight here. And uh, he's the CEO. The company is located in Chester Springs, Pennsylvania. And we're going to talk about shaping a culture that is engaged to innovate. So, Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you very much, Bill. Glad to be here. Steve, it's an interesting topic. We talk about culture a lot. A lot of businesses establish their own culture, and it's very important. But I'm I'm curious to find out how we're going to talk uh, get to the topic of innovation. But before we get into that, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, and your company, Culturology. Yeah, absolutely. So, Culturology is a is a culture shaping uh, uh, firm. And uh, we really specialize in uh, what I'd call sort of the the contemporary uh, cultures that uh, people need right now to be competitive, especially in a customer-facing business where uh, they're looking for an edge on on the way they deliver the client experience or the customer experience. And uh, so we we work on both the the high-level tactics of how to design a culture and then the ground-level uh, tactics on, on how to help shape that and reinforce it and um, make the, the beliefs and behaviors something very apparent to people at all, at all levels. Now, is the, would you say the culture of a business is similar to the personality of the business? Um, yeah, I think that that's probably a fair sh- statement to say. I mean, you can walk into most businesses and within five or ten minutes sort of pick up the vibe of their their personality. Um, the the way I, I define culture is is really the the common set of expectations that people have for working together. So in a way that is exactly like a a, a personality. You know, something that can be consistent over time. You might say, uh, you know, Bill Black has a great sense of humor, or you know, is is really buttoned up, or both, or you know, and and so that's something that people uh, pick up on uh, from probably interacting with you consistently over time, and I think that's the same way it would work with uh, with an organization um, or a, a company that people pick that up and uh, makes it clear as to what their brand is, uh, which is synonymous with their culture. It, that's great. Would you would you say that a lot of companies um, take on that personality, that culture uh, from the leader, like the leader's personality becomes the company's personality? And and my second part of that question is: is that the right thing to do, or should the should the owner be thinking about? Well, it shouldn't be about me. It should be about the business, the employees, what the customer wants to see. How important is it for the owner to be cognizant of what uh, their culture should be? Wow. 
Great question. I mean, it, it's first of all, it is very important for them to be aware of the shadow that they cast, uh, because you know, if it is a set of core expectations across the board, then you know, where does that originally come from? Uh, you know, you, the founder, the CEO, the, the you know, the top person uh, that that passes that on down. So, I mean, there's lots of examples of of prolific, uh, you know, huge personalities that. Companies, uh, you know, Branson uh, with, with uh, Virgin Airlines or, um, you know, Steve Jobs at Apple. These are huge personalities that the entire company uh, emulates. Um, I would say it, it's not the rule, though, for, for everyone. It, 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 it doesn't have to be that way. Um, it, it really depends. Uh, it, it depends on how how closely – the person is with their own emotional intelligence to know how they're coming across. Uh, there, there's some things about my personality that I, I probably wouldn't want to be, you know, be the most evident thing in, in terms of my culture. And then there's other things that I, you know, that I know are, are super valuable. So I guess it really depends. And uh, I don't think you're absolutely uh, it's not a guaranteed prediction that the, the CEO um, or the founder of a company's personality will inevitably be the culture itself. So yeah, they have a choice my, on how they shape it. I guess kind of where I'm coming from there is if someone, let's say, has a, an aloof personality and they're working in mm-hmm. a traditional type of a business, they kind of need to check that personality at the door if they, to some extent if they want to make it in that particular industry. And so if there's a misfit, sometimes people could probably examine, well, what am I giving off? What is my company giving off because I'm giving it off? And are we sending the right message? And I guess that's where you come in, huh? That's the good yeah, news. I, th- <laughs> I, th- I think, uh, you know, when that's the case, um, Bill, it's probably great for that leader to be even vulnerable vulnerable about that, to say, hey, you know, this is the way I am. We're, we're not asking people to play, act, or be something that they're not. But to say, hey, you know, that's that's one of the things I'm working on, and uh, you know, it's 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 something I want coaching on, even. And so, even that leader can help develop that in themselves to be more like the culture that they're they're really asking other people to live up to. So nobody's perfect, and and comes with that perfect package of of every facet, uh, you know. But as long as they're willing to change and accept coaching and feedback on it, I, I've seen people make tremendous strides with it as, as the Uber leader. That's great. Great. So it's, it's very interesting. Um, now, what do the best-in-class organizations do to promote innovation? Well, I think that if you look across the board at the people, both, you know, large companies, medium, and even the, the smallest company that you know the neighborhood store practically you almost see two things that are consistent with with all of them uh in terms of the way they drive innovation and number one is they they have a vision for why it matters and so whether that's a, a you know some sort of sexy stated uh you know vision that they put in writing or that they constantly communicate that to uh to the the folks that work there uh it's very clear as to why why they need to innovate, like what difference does it really make? And I think when that vision translates into a, a, a meaning or a purpose that that people can drive to, then it becomes a, a very powerful force. So the, at the highest level, they have a vision. That, that would be the number one thing. And then secondly, the, the other common factor is 
they do a really great job of creating the conditions for people to be successful. And so a lot of times that comes down to very, very granular things, such as removing remo- removing the barriers for people to innovate. You know, what are they? Is the, uh, mm-hmm. You know, the larger corporations, oftentimes people say, you know, it's so bureaucratic around here, it takes forever for a decision to get made. Or I have so many people in the food chain saying no to me, you know, it's not even worth, uh, you know, the effort to, to try to change things around here. So it's really looking at the conditions for success and saying, what can we – sometimes it's addition by subtraction. You take out those barriers. Uh, you take out the fear even within the culture of of failing with, with an idea uh, and uh, initiative. Uh, you, you talk about the, the success of what you've learned as opposed to the fear of, oh, my gosh, what have I done? Um, and uh, that makes a big difference in the conditions for success. And I would say the other the other thing too around the conditions is to teach people how how to work things through the process, the creative process. So I think Bill, that starts with just the bare bones of how how to be more creative in the first place, how to be more prolific at generating ideas that that are meaningful to uh, you know the customer outcomes, uh, the key outcomes for the business, and then to actually help people push the rock up the hill and make progress on those ideas. So uh, a lot of companies are great with ideas, but then they're, when it comes to execution, that's where they suffer. Then other companies are probably pretty good with execution, but they, they have zero pipeline of ideas. So creating the conditions for success is really about doing both, teaching them how to, how to generate more ideas and uh, removing those barriers to to be able to execute. So creating the conditions for success. I like that phrase quite a lot. Uh, that's uh, that makes a lot of sense. So in some cases it might just be uh, letting the employees know that we are open for creative ideas and nothing, you know, the opening that line of communication where it may not have been open before making that part of, of maybe employee meetings as well, a part of your agenda. Absolutely. Uh, making, I, I love the way you even put that, making it part of the agenda. You know, problem solving, real-time problem solving. A lot of times we think of creativity or innovation as that, you know, the, the big wow factor stuff, you know, the new Apple Watch, <laughs> or, you know, or the iPad or the iPod or, you know, whatever it's been that's sort of that prolific example of a wow factor. In reality, for most organizations and teams, it's it's the small things. You know, it's it's how do we solve this problem today? You know, how might we approach this differently? You know, who wants to throw out the first idea? Let's work on this together, being willing to roll up your sleeves and, and do it. And so meetings are changing. The best organizations are having great productive meetings like that where they're solving problems. And you're not so much the old school, uh, you know, doing the status report, going around the room on you know, just checking mm-hmm. in with each other. But if uh, if someone has an issue, it's it's having the knowledge of the creative process to say, how might we solve that right now? Well, what do we? How might we do that? And sort of st- kickstarting the uh, the powerful conversation that can uh, that can move it forward. That you know, when you walk out of a meeting like that, it's a completely different feeling. You know, I, we made progress together, and uh, it galvanizes the team for the, for the next time around as well. 
Yeah, I, I think we can all imagine meetings that we've been in where we've had a great idea and we try to communicate that to someone and it just seems like they're not listening. They're not receiving messages at that time. Uh, and it is frustrating, but then again, in other situations where not only have you been heard, but it's been communicated that you've been heard, and that fosters a whole environment of, of creativity and, and new ideas coming forward. So that's that's excellent. So what's the most important thing a leader can do to become a catalyst of innovation? Well, I think that they um, they, they need to plan for themselves at, uh, what I call spontaneous interaction. <laughs> plan mm-hmm. spontaneous interaction. It's the ultimate oxymoron, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but how can how can a leader get themselves into the trenches where the work is really being done? Um, you know, assuming that the leader, uh, you know, if I'm talking to CEOs uh, that are listening to this right now, you know your business and you know your customers and and you understand what you're trying to do with your brand. Like, what what would happen if we went out more into the uh, you know the working environment out into the trenches and just ask people. So you know, what are you trying to accomplish today? Not not in general, like by the end of the month or this first quarter or something. But what are we? What are you trying to accomplish today? Like if you were to leave today and accomplishing something like what would make you feel really awesome <laughs> you know on the that car ride home and they go oh my gosh you know it's something very simple like so and so in accounting just won't get back to me with the approval request uh for this particular item and they go well geez i can call them right now and have that done would that be helpful to you and they go are you kidding me that's phenomenal like yes thank you and you've completely made their day so it, it's and then it's brainstorming with them. So you've just solved a problem, um, but you don't, it doesn't always have to be on your back as the catalyst. It's it's asking the the extra question. You know, have you tried this? Like, how might we do that? You know, what what other things can we can we consider here uh, to, to help make progress? So, I, I would say you know plan you know planning that spontaneous interaction time of getting out with people in the trenches is huge. And it builds tremendous respect and rapport with people, so they see that you're part of that solution and not just you know somebody in the ivory tower, which uh, you know is there to in a sense make their life miserable. Which you know it's unfortunate, but that's just the, in general that's the perception that people have of upper management, quote unquote. So th- that would be that would be one thing, Bill. I'd recommend. Uh, I, I think the other would be to become an actual expert in the creative process itself. Uh, you know, how do you ask a really powerful question? You know, whether you'd call it brainstorming or informal brainstorming, like what are the types of questions that you can ask that actually provoke great ideas and have people thinking curiously as opposed to, you know, critically of the situation? So becoming an expert in the creative process, you know, and encouraging risk-taking and then being open to receiving ideas because you as the boss it's you know we have to realize that we intimidate people and people are they're either politically fearful or they're sensitive to the way you respond to them if you respond positively or curiously or in a respectful kind of way guess what they want to re- they want to come back to you with their next great idea they see you as an advocate and not some sort of adversary or a judge with a, a black robe and a gavel that's just going to, you know, judge their ideas and send them off, you know, on their way. So that I think that is really big, you know, people seeing the boss as an advocate. 
and um, you know somebody that can move uh, move the rock, so to speak. Steve, you are giving us some great ideas. I'm sure some some light bulbs are going off in some people's heads, and maybe they're saying, you know, I really need to change. I need more ideas. What's a benchmark? Would you say if someone, if, let's say, if there's someone out there that's saying, I should be getting more ideas from my employees. What's a benchmark as far as uh, a number of interactions, number of employees somebody maybe should expect at the ownership level and, and to, to basically be a barometer and tell them, I need to do better at this if I'm not getting this number of ideas? Mm-hmm. Well, I would start with uh, you, you need one a day, <laughs> at least okay. one a day. And if you're doing this spontaneous interactive piece or having great meetings, you're going to have you know one an hour. Um, and, and that's, I, I think the way we look at it and the way I work with leaders on it is treating every conversation you have as a brainstorm, every conversation, whether it's just a status update or, you know, really solving a problem, treating it like a brainstorming session. So if you do that, you're going to really provoke a lot of ideas, but I would say at the very least to try to try to spark and be a catalyst for at least one a day, um, with with your folks by asking just a simple question you know what are you trying to accomplish today and and then the the, the ideas will flow from that I, if that makes sense mm-hmm. I, here's an example pixar which we all consider best in class uh you know innovative incredible creative uh you know producer of of movies they built their organization, the entire physical plant of the or of the of the company, so that they could have these spontaneous interactions. You know, so a director from one film would interact with a graphics producer and animator from another in in the hallway, and just say, "Hey, I'm really challenged on this particular thing." And they go, "Hey, what have you tried this?" And so they designed the entire building and the way they set up meetings, at, uh, which is more horizontal than vertical in terms of titles and whatnot, to have those conversations. And mm-hmm. I, I just think it's it, it's magical for them, and, and I think any leader for any company can do something similar, and people love it. You're giving us tons of ideas, great stuff, and it's really uh, inspiring to, to hear these ideas. I mean, uh, look, some of them are planned for spontaneous interaction. Get Wrap your head around that, business owners. <laughs> Create a plan to be spontaneous and, and go learn how to be an expert in your creative process. Be open to receiving ideas. Steve, it's great stuff. How do our listeners get in touch with you and talk to you about some more ideas and maybe what might work for them? Oh, that'd be fantastic. I- my my website is culturologyworks.com. So uh, there, there are a number of videos on there that I provide tips on on the creative process, brainstorming, uh, you know how to shape an innovative culture. Um, if you if they you know if you want to go out to YouTube, you can just search under Culturology Works, and my uh, my channels will come up there. And you know I'd love. My passion, maybe people can pick up on it, is I, I love ideas and to brainstorm as well. So if, if somebody you know wants to just simply give me a call, uh, I, you know I'd be glad to to you know spend some time just brainstorming some ideas on how they can build a more effective organization. Uh, you know, at no charge, it'd just be my pleasure to to meet you and and find out what your challenges are and uh, see if we can't move the needle together. 
Great stuff. Uh, and Steve, unfortunately, we're out of time, but I want to invite you to come back onto the show at another future time because we're we're just scratching the surface on this topic, and I really, really have enjoyed speaking with you. So thanks very much for joining us, and I look forward to the next time we speak. Thank you, Bill. I, re- I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you as well, and I uh, wish everyone uh, you know great, uh, great luck with, with what they're working on with innovation. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back after this, so please stay tuned. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 